Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sanjo Gall. Hello and uh, welcome to CTN. To learn more about the show, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. And today's topic is using inclusion to drive transformation. So when we know that we want to go somewhere fast, we try to go alone. But frankly, if you were to go farther, you got to take some other people along with you. That's at least the conventional wisdom. And it more often works, at least in life. But we would also say this is likely to work well in business. Even with that said, many organizations, they have issues with siloed strategies. They have unilateral uh, decision-making and they have disconnected execution, which is causing them a lot of issues when it comes to the business transformation efforts that they uh, carry out. So what is so difficult, complicated about inclusion and what are leaders supposed to do so that inclusion becomes a natural thing for them? They make it the natural thing for the organization so transformation sees great results. So to discuss this, we have Varen Shah, Chief Digital Officer at GE Appliances. Hey, Varen, how are you? All good, Sanjog. Um, I'm glad to be on the show. Well, great to have you, Brian. So as I have set the stage about inclusion, so let's just talk about inclusion. Because see, in, in, in social terms, we say, okay, we should be having an inclusive society and we have other ways to define inclusion. It's not a very complicated term by itself. But let's talk about the transformation, the context of transformation in which inclusion needs to be there, but in many cases it isn't. So what is inclusion in the context of transformation? What, are you, what do you mean by that? So w- one of the things um, I always think about as transformation, of course, the word comes to your mind is change, right? And why do we transform? Well, you know, we always put in our organizational cultures, a customer focus, operational excellence, respect, All those words are there. But to me, we always are transforming because we have an outside-in approach where we are trying to change the outcome. And if we are trying to change the outcome, an inside-out approach becomes critical too, and hence the word inclusion. Because unless you are including everybody to take along on this journey, nine out of 10, you'll soon be very much left alone uh, wherever you stand. So for me, that's why in in the world of transformation, you have to make sure you're taking people along. And, you know, um, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit later on what what does that mean in in a corporate construct, but you're truly trying to change drastically your culture, your outcomes. And if you don't have everybody on board, which we always say, I don't know how you do it without inclusion. So, you know, just just digging deeper, 
Inclusion means I want to take other people along. Unless otherwise someone is insecure or they are a prima donna, they would want company. They want to share, you know, the celebrity, you know, any celebrations they want to do, they want to do it with people. Anything that they want to crack, they would want to have people along. What is preventing fundamentally uh, having inclusion in every aspect of what you do, even in a business as we do it in life? Yeah, I, I think some of it is, well, you surely have to have intentionality around it, right? Inclusion takes effort. And we all know when we are trying to go fast, the first thing we are trying to cut short is time. And inclusion takes time. But most importantly, it takes intentionality. And, and what do I mean by that? I'll give you an easy example. When we are transforming, what do we need? The best ideas on the table. But if we don't force a conversation where everybody's voices is heard, how do we know we have the best idea? You know, I, I recently learned um, we had one of the speakers talking about diversity and inclusion, and they said, you know, the best way to um, embed inclusion in your product is to start thinking about how would a person with disability use this product? And automatically you will include a lot of people. So it's just things like that is how do you become intentional and make it part of your culture? And if you ask me what holds us back is one, speed, because we are all wanting to go fast. And second, actually the opposite of it, which is, I would say, exclusion. And I'll tell you in, in the technology world, it's very easy to do. All you have to do is throw a buzzword, AIML. And suddenly you have formed this core, cool group of people who are special, which means if you don't know what AIML means, you're not part of the crowd. And that's not intentional. It is very unintentional because as technologists, we are trying to show the power of the art of possible. But the terms we use, a very simple like that, creates exclusivity around it. And that those are the kind of things I think hold us back. Now, inclusion, that means you're saying take other people's input as well in whatever you're doing, whatever you're ideating. Then there are a lot of folks out there who are gun shy of doing so because then they feel they will be labeled as someone who is consensus seeking, which is the other extreme. Mm -hmm. So that means someone who wants to make it inclusive, if they try to overdo it, or at least in other people's eyes, then that also brings a bad name or a wrong perception is built, which again is a ding on the leadership, what this person is exuding. So mm -hmm. what would you say is the right dose of inclusion for it to be effective? Well, I would begin with, first of all, we just need to make sure every voice is spoken, but most importantly, every voice is heard. And I'll give you an example of what um, I kind of do as a practice. So, of course, when we have a town hall of 200 plus people, 
and we are doing this Teams meeting, which by the way is probably, if you ask me, one of the best things that has happened for me personally in the last 12 months, is now when we do town halls, we make sure the one-way communication is X duration, and then there is total amount for two-way communication, where people are uh, can ask us questions anonymously, or you know they can put their name, but we make sure we answer almost each one of them, right? The other one is when I'm in a shorter group with roundtables. I know, and we all know, there are certain people who will always speak, but I make sure that I call out each one's name and ask them, hey, what do you think? So, and it, it takes, um, a very intentional effort to do so, right? I'll give you another example. I am actually sitting down with quite a few of our managers and we are creating a, for lack of better terms, a cheat sheet. What does inclusive leadership mean? What are the characteristics of an inclusive leadership, right? So we have built in kind of four categories, but I'll just give you an easy one. Building strong and excellent teams using inclusion. What are the characteristics of that? So again, making this part of vocabulary, right? And I, and I know inclusion means including. So the easier way I say it is include means, hey, you are invited to the party. Inclusion to me means actually going to the person and say, hey, would you like to dance with me at this party? And that to me is the difference of the intentionality behind it. So uh, we all know that inclusion is not automatic. So mm -hmm. you mentioned that there should be an intentionality, but it can also not be forced upon people because people come from all walks of life. If somebody doesn't want to be included or there are certain other leaders who may not have the same intentionality. And if you try to be inclusive and those people are not also supporting you, then you could be that lone warrior trying to fight to change the DNA of the organization. What then? Well, I think um, it's, it's a choice, right? The most important part, again, inclusion is all about giving people a choice too. Because you are correct, we can't enforce participation. But are we giving people the choice to say, okay, you know, you are invited to this party. We really want you to come dance with us. You can say, no, I don't want to dance with you. And that's okay. But till everybody understands the purpose and it becomes kind of, um, kind of the culture I think inclusion is very contagious. I strongly believe in that, that if there is one characteristics of the many, inclusion becomes so contagious that it's, it's just amazing. And, and I'll give you the simplest example. I'm a vegetarian. And, you know, we, we do all these ALM meetings, right? And if you ask me, the, the one thing my CEO came and asked is like, Hey, Rian, did you eat? And I'm like, yeah, you know, um, 
thank you for thinking about me that, you know, you made sure that we had a vegetarian food, right? And believe it or not, that was the most important thing I said when I was supposed to speak at the ALM. So, and now it is something that I have, I have embedded in my own head to say, not everybody is in a certain way and it takes effort to ask. But I strongly believe inclusion is very contagious. So if you are trying to uh, get this inclusion going and for some reason it is not happening, what could be the potential reasons? Like one of the you know, assumptions I made that someone is a jerk so he doesn't want to include others. But there could be many other reasons where even if you have intentionality, but it's not translating into an actual effect or an actual, actual outcome of inclusion. What could be those nuanced crevices where this falls through the cracks? Inclusion falls through the cracks. But you know what? Before you uh, respond, let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And then, then let's dig deeper on where inclusion fails in spite of the intentionality. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjog All. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, Viren, when we are talking about inclusion, we are looking at getting it done and you have the intentionality, but it is still not happening. What would you attribute that to? Yeah, so I'll give you the one example that is very near and dear to my heart, okay? So the word digital transformation probably is used almost by everybody. And, you know, you read all these great um articles and theories and what you do is you say, well, in a digital transformation, it's like, you know, changing tires of a moving car and things like that. So what you do is you need to go by model, which is, oh, you should create these special teams that are focused on this digital stuff while these other team members are focused on this other stuff. Now, is the idea great? Probably makes sense as a process, but does it create exclusion? 100%. So suddenly now the people who don't work on this digital stuff are not special, right? And that to me is what we have to think about is when we create these programs or these large projects, how are we making sure that we are not making them exclusive? Uh, you know, a any program you can think of, 
that is always a flip side to it. And you just have to think about to say, am I creating this special team where if you are part of the special team, you are the in-person and then everybody is not the same. So hence they are excluded. So how do you drive transformation where half of your organization feels I'm not part of this? So it becomes very complicated and difficult, right? So that's why you have to think about is, okay, so very recently, one of the things we did is we said, let's take this um, operational aspect and give it to a managed service provider who probably can bring the standardization of processes and everything else while we will um, you know, have our internal teams focused on what we call competitive advantage kind of work. But even today, we make sure that the cohesiveness between the, both the parties is there. And that to me is the only way it works because if the moment you, you know, start creating exclusivity around anything, you already know inclusion is at risk. So those are the kind of examples that I can think about to say, whenever we are doing some programs, let's just make sure we are not making it so special or so exclusive um, that people automatically don't feel included. So if you were to get started on this journey, you would want to at least know uh, where you are with inclusion. And then secondly, as you try to make a, you know, a difference and you make strides in it, you want to continue to uh, measure it because whatever you measure is what you can improve. So wh- what kind of a diagnostics someone could perform starting out? And then uh, what are the some of the levels or what are what would be a good metric to say, okay, is it zero to one, this, zero to two, this? What, what would be a good scale? Yeah, I, I don't know about a measure per se. Um, I know there's quite a few organizations working on those kind of uh, scorecarding perspective. But one, of course, as we all know, is the equity component of it, right? Just see are you having uh, diversity at the table? And, and what I mean by that is, is it, visi- is it visible, right? Uh, which means, you know, different cultures, different thoughts, different mindsets, all the aspects of what you would consider diversity. Um, and the second aspect of it is the equity is like, okay, do you have enough different folks from different backgrounds? And, you know, then only you can talk about inclusion because if you don't have the diversity of thought, I don't know how inclusion becomes possible. If you don't have the equity, I don't know how inclusion becomes possible. So those are the most easy and visible uh, indicators, right? And then the aspect of special stuff, right? Where exclusivity you can see very evident. I'll, I'll give you the easiest one is like, when you see one room which is only dedicated to a certain focus, a certain aspect, and it's considered special, you already know that people who are not in this room do not feel that they are participating in that aspect. So those are kind of the indicators, I would say, as diagnostic measures that you should just look at it because 
most of the times I believe when inclusion isn't happening, it's very visible. So would you not say that it takes a village to bring inclusion into an organization or make any kind of such cultural change? And if yes, that means your measure or your scorecard, whether it's not like that crisp, should also be, you know, be as if compared with other leaders who you're trying to work along with to bring the same type of inclusion, it should sink there because this is a subjective area. Do you think you could... you could compare and you, you can kind of be going in the same direction when this, the, the measures are different and maybe they would tackle inclusion differently than you will. Or do you feel that this needs to be once discussed in the ivory tower and then you go ahead and try to implement it? So as an organization, uh, we are very focused on inclusion just in general, but we do talk to many other organizations. And just like you mentioned, it takes a village. We also do compare. Uh, you know, for example, say I get involved with our city of Louisville construct, um, where I learn and share, but at the same time understand how the industry is uh, going. So I think it's all of the above. Per se, if you ask me, I don't think it's a one-size-fits-all approach because what pieces of the culture that we are trying to change to be more inclusive is different by the organization, right? So the the measures, it becomes a little difficult, if you ask me, um, because there is subjectiveness to it. But I strongly believe um, I, I'll give you the one example I'm very proud of of our company uh, this last year, right? So when COVID hit and, um, you know, we as an organization um, were planning, okay, how are you going to make sure our production is happening, right? And we did have challenges because of absenteeism and things like that. Well, everybody in the company um said okay how are we going to go about this so guess what our own ceo you know showed by example that hey i'm going to start helping in the plants and so many people volunteered including myself i worked in the plants for two weeks now is my body built for that (laughs) now that's another day conversation i tell you but it, it, it just shows right that hey our own CEO will go in and work in the plant, right? So no job is that exclusive or no job is not doable by anybody in the organization. That's the power of inclusion to me, right? So for me, it is actions like these that create that uh, environment, if you ask me. But now, does every other company do that? Does every other company will do that? I don't know. So I don't know if I would say it's comparing. But for sure, this is something that you can see in any company that, hey, this is a very inclusive culture because everybody is kind of equal. So one is to talk about inclusion when it is business as usual. Another is when you're trying to you know, change the tires of a moving car, which means as you're going through transformation, you're also trying to introduce inclusion versus one coming before the other. 
And when it's transformation, mm-hmm. when things are changing, there are a lot of different places where people might have conflicts, conflicts of interest, conflicts of ideas, conflicts of uh, approach to how they want to get something done. And at that point, it is in fact going to be tougher for someone to say, I want to invite these other people where you have a fundamental issue with the way they are thinking or the way they want to do things. So it doesn't make inclusion or bring inclusion to the next level any easier. So how do you change the tires of a moving car? Well, if you ask me, that's exactly the point is what we are all trying to say. The goal is to keep the car moving, right? Now, there are many ways to move, change the tires of a moving car, or you can have a bunch of people lift the car and keep the car moving while you can keep changing the tires. That's one way of thinking about inclusion. But what, what I would strongly say is the, the thought itself that there will be other people who will contradict me and not invite them, that itself uh, contradicts inclusion, right? Because the only reason you invite people is get the best ideas on the table. But then the moment you do that, then that plan, whatever gets created, is everybody's plan. Like inclusion is an environment to me where it says it's a safe place to disagree, but once we agree, that's the plan. And I think that's what inclusion does for you, is it allows a forum for disagreement, but also arrive at an agreement so that we all can be working for the same purposes, which is changing the tires of a moving car. And trust me, it is amazing when that happens. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And uh, Viren, when we come back, let's talk about the level of inclusion, which should be a prerequisite before starting a transformation effort. Because it would, if if inclusion is an afterthought, then you know, God bless us all. So, mm-hmm. what should it be? What should be the the groundwork, if you will, with respect to inclusion? And what should be the the threshold we must reach before we we even uh, think of kicking the transformation effort. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjog Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. So, Virain, uh, what's the minimal level of uh, inclusion that must exist? before kicking off any transformation effort? Um, so from my perspective, I, I don't know if that is a uh, minimum or a maximum. I think it is the moment you use the word transformation or the moment you say, we are gonna go drive this change, 
you know, like every large program, the most important part is, okay, you go through the whole, who are the stakeholders? Um, and what's the purpose of this transformation? So if you ask me, the most important part is, is everybody on board? Now, it's easy to say this because you will always have on a table, it's like you will get the nods, but have we confirmed and validated that, you know, the nod doesn't mean I understand, but I don't agree. <laughs> or is it I understand and I agree? So um, a lot of effort goes into that. So if you ask me, the the aspect of inclusion is, is, is everybody feeling that this is the plan and everybody's bought into the plan? And that to me is what I would say is at least the minimum level of understanding and agreement uh, before the transformation stages. Because what that means is everybody's thought has been heard, everybody's idea has been put on paper, and collectively there is an agreement that the path forward that we have been chosen is the best path, right? But having said that, at some point, you need somebody to help make the decision and move things along. So that's the role of that person, is to make sure that the best approach is what everybody is taking, right? I think we kind of um, take inclusion as, okay, we just need to make sure we let everybody speak, but do whatever we feel like. That's not what inclusion is about. It's, hey, are we all agreeing that this is the best approach? And there are many ways to do that. Like, you know, if you think about it, when you are evaluating uh, suppliers, you do a pew matrix. A very similar concept to say, hey, is this the best approach? But that's what I would say is the minimum, I guess, requirement of beginning any transformation is one, is the purpose understood, and two, do we all understand how we will take everybody along this journey, right? Communication is becomes a very critical component of that. Now, when you are looking at transformation, since it is, yes, inclusion, inclusion is, is the area or the topic that we're talking about, but we're talking in the context of transformation. Where could people drop the ball on this? Because there's so many things, like again, talking about transformation, you know, one is it is complex, but also it could be a morphing thing. And there could be some highs and there could be some very lows. And there could be people who say, you know what, I don't want to deal with additional things. So just say, I will just charge ahead and get this damn thing done. And that's where inclusion can be caught in that whirlwind and be tossed out. Yeah. How, how do you prevent that? Well, so um, what I would say is so something one of my coaches and mentors taught me, right? Is the greatest leaders are not the ones who never make mistakes. The greatest leaders are the ones when they see a mistake they actually correct, identify one and correct it pretty fast. So in a large transformation journey, is it possible 
that uh, you know in some aspects we will and you know maybe inclusion does get put at risk yes of course it does but do we have the measures in place example sake you should always validate are we doing the right thing as in are we still achieving the purpose of the transformation by taking whatever action we take we have all lived part of multiple year programs right many a times the program has changed and the purpose has already changed but we may be working towards the old purpose or old outcome or we are using the old approach while the purpose and the outcome may be changed now if the last 12 months were not a key um driver uh, that we all need notice uh, i don't know what or you know that would be a great way to think about it so very similarly you know you would want to have your indicators to say hey is still this the best approach but most importantly the purpose that we achieved to set out for the transformation is it still true and then is the approach still valid because multi year programs it's very easy to get sidetracked and there are many indicators like that you you will notice concerns coming from the teams you will notice questioning becoming less because everybody is just putting their heads down and driving towards the goal so we just all want to get it done and as leaders we have to step back a little bit sometimes and just ask the question hey are we working on the right things and many a times we will find that uh there are things that we have to go mitigate now are there any things that we must keep in mind or maybe this is something your you know wounds in the war that you could share like you tried to do certain things some things worked other things did not work and uh what are your learnings in whatever experience that you've had bringing inclusion as part of a transformation effort yeah so you know um in one of my previous roles one of the things in, in a country um uh where i was uh, working the the challenge i faced was not understanding the culture appropriately or assuming a lot of the aspects of the culture uh where i thought it it's okay and um if you ask me um that was the challenge i faced right so if you ask me one of the wounds that is always a great reminder for me is before you do anything make sure you are understanding the culture of the organization and not only culture it's the depth of the uh, things that are unsaid unwritten but are there in that organization and without understanding that we will make a mistake because especially for people coming into new roles imagine you know you are in a new job the expectation is hey 90 days better get the ball going and get it running and in the um absence of not understanding everything correctly it's you can make some big mistakes um and you know 
if if we have changed jobs as often as I have, I am pretty sure um, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So um, now there are tools uh, available. You know, if you think about it, like the book of first 90 days, um, there are aspects of to say, hey, what kind of uh, organization am I walking into? And then you basically use those tools to do your assessment faster. But I still believe the biggest mistake one can always make is assume what inclusion means for that culture, for that organization, for that entity. And uh, that to me is probably one of the biggest lessons is, is make sure you validate your assumptions. That's where, we, if you ask me, we fall through a lot, especially as leaders, because we believe we have a lot of wisdom behind us, so we must be right. So if you were to get inclusion into an organization, and if you win a lottery and you want to move on, or anyone else for that matter who is championing inclusion, and they decide to leave, how do you leave it as a legacy so it continues? Well, so just like we have talked about all along today, right? Inclusion has to become part of the DNA. It has to be embedded in processes, but it also has to be embedded in the mindset. And if you ask me, that's the only way you can leave behind something that will continue for a very, very long time to come. Just like if you ask me, right? You know, when we were growing up, the basic values, honesty, respect, and things like that. Like we were, we, it wasn't passed on to us. It was taught to us. And now we continue on with that. Very similarly, we just have to embed it in everything we do. And that's the only way it stays there. Um, and that's the only way you key leave your legacy behind. And uh, there are multiple ways to do that. You know, just I'll give you the simplest example of change management in, in technology world, right? When you, we are putting changes into the systems, are we making sure that everybody has ticked and tied? Otherwise, we all know what happens when the change goes haywire, right? But when we don't include everybody and to put that inclusion as part of the process, that's the outcome we get. But if you create a process where you know exactly that inclusion and the right people are participating as part of the process, it will stay for a very long time. So just an example of, you know, a very simple example, but I'm sure you can take this and embed it in many other ways. If you had to start all over again, Viren, with what you did in your transformation and specifically in context of introducing and maintaining a healthy level of inclusion. If you had to start all over, what would you do differently for better results? Well, I would, if you ask me, begin with the word inclusion as a key outcome of the input into the transformation. And so it's not only, you know, a input, so is an output. And that to me is what I would say for anything and everything now I think about and I do and I charter upon is 
how do I make sure inclusion is part of the process, but also how do I make sure it is an outcome from the process so that it gets embedded again? So that's the way I think about it. So if you ask me is begin with the means and the end of inclusion, and that's what I would do different. Once again, thank you so much, Viren, for sharing your insights uh, about using inclusion to drive effective transformation. Thank you. And listeners, please connect with us on the social media and subscribe to our podcast globally. And uh, once again, thank you so much for listening to CTN. This is your host, Sanjog All. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.